I love a good podcast, as you know, and I'm always happy to share resources for parents who are looking for creative, smart content that both entertains and offers enrichment for curious kids everywhere. So I'm happy to let you know about this awesome new show from the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, The Adventurous World of Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as Math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes that kids like ours love, like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. And episodes transport kids into iconic periods in history like Pythagoras's Ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England. So cool. New episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a perfect length for those car rides, for meal times, for break times, and bedtimes. What I love about this show is that it's kind of like listening to a book on tape. The story is captivating and includes lots of problems listeners can try to solve. The voice actors are fantastic, and the math concepts are seamlessly weaved into the narrative. It's exactly the kind of show Ash would have loved a few years ago, especially during our homeschool years, because finding that perfect blend of entertaining and educating, it isn't always easy. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. I would have prepared more for difficult people than challenging tasks. The tasks were all too easy and the people were all too hard. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode is another Kids POV special with my son, Asher. A few months ago, Asher and I recorded an episode about his upcoming summer camps, specifically a sleepaway camp at Space Camp in Alabama. And Asher shared what he worked on over the spring to get prepared for tricky situations he predicted might come up. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. You can find it at tiltparenting.com slash session 59. At the end of that episode, we promised to do a post-camp follow-up so Asher could share how things went, whether or not his strategies worked, and more. So that's what today's episode is about, Summer Camp Part 2. I will say that camp ended up being a bit of a disappointment for Asher, and in addition to dealing with his own emotions surrounding feeling let down, he was also feeling bad because he knew so many people were rooting for him and wanted it to be this amazing experience for him. So I'm really proud of Asher for sharing his experience for this podcast. Oh, and for those of you listening to this with your kids... Be aware that while talking about another boy at camp who especially caused challenges for Asher, Asher calls the other boy an idiot. I wasn't sure whether or not to keep that part of the conversation in the final episode, but I ultimately decided to leave it in, as it led to a discussion about considering what might be going on for another person when we find their behavior challenging. Anyway, I hope you like the episode. And before we get started, I wanted to invite you to join over 600 other parents and take part in our free virtual Differently Wired 7-Day Challenge. Every day for 7 days, you'll get a short video delivered to your inbox featuring a practical shift you can make in your world to help you have a more positive and optimistic experience in parenting your unique kid. You'll also be invited to join a private Facebook group with other parents who participated in the challenge. 
We've heard from parents that the challenge has made an immediate difference in their day-to-day life, which is fantastic because that's exactly why we created it. Sign up and get started right away at tiltparenting.com slash seven day. And now I'll get on with the show. Hi, Asher. Hello. So we are live today to talk about kind of part two or the sequel to Asher Goes to Camp. Yep. Are you up for having a conversation about that? Yeah. Because perhaps you've noticed, but a lot of people are very curious to hear how camp went. Specifically space camp, because that's one we talked the most about and that you kind of did the most prep work for. But I think we should share about both your camp experiences. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. One was better than the other. Well, let's not bury the lead. Let's just dive right in. Let's talk about space camp. I guess, you know, just to answer the question, how was space camp for you? It was not the one that was better. It was not the one that was better. Surprisingly. Yeah, it was surprising. You were disappointed with the overall experience. So let's get into that and talk talk about that a little bit. And I should say that before we went, before you went, there were a lot of expectations about space camp, right? Yeah. From all the people saying it was the best week of their life. Right. Mm. As it turned out, it wasn't the best week of your life. Yeah, now I'm bitter. You're bitter? Yes. Why are you bitter? Because it was supposed to be great and it wasn't. And everyone else thinks it's great. Well, I think it is great for so many people. I think that so many people it's a really good fit for. And I think what we realize is that it probably wasn't the best fit for you. Yeah. You want to share what some of the challenges were for you? Why, why it wasn't such a good fit for you? Well, I mean, the space part was too easy. Right. People were impressed that I knew the name of the first person to go on a spacewalk. I mean, they're going to space camp. And they were impressed that I knew something about space. <laughs> well, again, you are an expert in space. I mean, this is one of your areas of deep interest. You have read so many books about space, you over and over again, I might add. And so you do know a lot than not just your average person, but even a lot of space buffs, you probably know more. So I think it would have been difficult for your mind to be blown in terms of the information you learned at space camp. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. So I think we were thinking, you were with a group of 12 to 14-year-olds, and we were thinking, well, by this age, most of the campers are probably really, really into space, like probably all want to be astronauts and are going to take it really seriously, and that you'd be really with your people. And I think that that was one thing that ended up not being as true, at least in your group, right? Yep. Everyone had a kind of, it would be cool to go to space attitude. Right. Whereas yours is what? Mine is I want to go to space and I wanted to before I went to space camp. Everyone else is just like, space is cool. Can I go to space camp? Sure. Yeah. So that's just a, that is a, an expectations 
disconnect there. And I think we both probably had built it up to be more than it even could have possibly lived up to, to be quite honest. No, it was nothing like the movie. Okay. Especially not the more recent one in which the Space Camp kids saved the world. Have I seen that one? No, I haven't either. Oh. But at Space Camp, they had a big room where they just showed all the films about Space Camp. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, it was like a hallway with lots of televisions just playing the same movies over and over about Space Camp. Oh, that's so funny. And I looked at one and I was like, that's nothing like Space Camp. Well, getting back to your experience that week. So you were, it was um, six days, five nights. You were allowed to call at night and you did call me a couple evenings just to check in. And one of the things you said to me really stuck with me. You said, I said, how is it, you know, compared to what you were thinking it was going to be like? And you said, well, the space stuff is a lot easier than I expected, but the other stuff is a lot harder. I didn't say other stuff. I said people stuff. No, actually, specifically, I said the I said the space part is easy, but the camp part is hard. Okay. So, what did you mean by that? Uh, nope. Barely anybody else in my group was nice. There was one kid who was really nice, but he was really nice to everybody. Well, is that a bad thing? No, but so you didn't really connect really with many kids at the camp. No. Yeah, he he said I was the only person he actually liked and that everyone else he was just being nice to on principle. Okay. Which was nice. That is nice. But for you... Yeah, but he was the only nice person in the whole group. And what was that like for you then being, you know, just kind of, I'm curious about your personal experience knowing who you are, like, how did you... How did you get through a week where you were with a group of kids that you really didn't connect with? It was not nice. How did you do it? Um, I don't really know. (laughs) I think that I would be able to say I'd gone to space camp, that I could have soft pretzels. Would you care to explain that for listeners, why that would matter? We're staying at a hotel next to a mall that had soft pretzels. And just for the record, it's very hard to find soft pretzels in Amsterdam. So oh, it's we, impossible. When we go to the U.S. or or if Asher's dad goes to Germany. We, yeah, yeah. He always picks up pretzels. It's great. Yeah, so they're a big motivator. Okay. So knowing you could have soft pretzels and just having the street cred of saying that you survived yeah, or that you went to space camp. I didn't really I didn't really learn anything. I don't feel like didn't learn anything about space. Well, what did you learn about then? I don't know. Camp that that I don't like not nice people. <laughs> I work really well with nice people, but mean people I get even meaner. Yeah. To them than they were to me. Mm. And then it all spirals downhill. Yeah. If somebody is mean to me at the start, then I'll be mean to them at the start. Right? If I go like, hi, my name's Asher. Shut up. Right? Then I'll get, then I won't like them. Right. I will not try to be nice anymore. I hold grudges. Well, that's hard. It is hard when from the outset someone is is unkind. It's hard to kind of shake that off and change the way you feel about them. So... What were some of the other 
This is a question that one of the listeners of our first episode had. Just what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced while at space camp? Was it the unkind kids or or not connecting with kids or what else was hard yeah, that or challenging? Was the biggest challenge. Okay. What did that look like, that challenge? It looked like having to spend a week with a bunch of people I didn't like very much and who didn't like me. Hmm. That's a tough situation. I mean, I've said this to you before, but I want to say it again. Even though you left that camp feeling like feeling disappointed and as if it was a letdown and not at all what you expected or hoped it to be, at the same time, I think it's important to acknowledge that you got through a week of sleepaway camp in an environment that was really challenging for you. I mean, the camp could call and say, you know what, this isn't working out, come pick up your kid. Or you didn't call me and say, this is terrible, I want to come home. This is terrible, come get me. You called me and you said, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. But you also tried to be optimistic and find something to share with me that was either funny that it happened or maybe one thing each day. So I think that is... Again, even though it wasn't what you hoped it would be, it's kind of a big deal that in an environment like that, I didn't get one call from the camp and you got through it. You didn't have any alone time that week. You didn't have time to kind of just be by yourself and read or kind of get yourself grounded again. And you were in this environment that was really tricky and you did it. So I think that's kind of a big accomplishment. Yeah. And another thing was phones. That was another challenge. Nobody else was interested in socializing. The second we had to like wait in line or the counselor was going away to do something, everyone would whip out their phones and start playing video games. And they were all playing the same video game. They would all talk to each other. But since I didn't have a phone and wasn't interested in the game, nobody talked to me. Mm-hmm. So everyone else talked to each other about video game about a video game they liked and became friends. So I didn't have a phone. Mm-hmm. I don't see why anyone would need a phone. If I were to get a phone, I would get one of those flip phones that just has that just has nine buttons on it. Well, that's where you and probably ninety nine percent of other twelve year olds would. <laughs> the only differ. reason I would want a phone is so that people can reach me when I'm not at my computer. Hmm. We'll be right back after this quick break. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites? turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. 
Whatever you choose, you'll get farm fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com tilt for 25% off. Yeah, that's tricky. So then that dynamic kind of set up a situation where you were excluded because you couldn't participate in something that all the other kids were doing a lot of the time. Yeah. That's tricky. Let's talk about for a minute the way that you had prepared and worked with Kate over this spring to get ready for camp. Did you feel that some of that work helped you in terms of just tuning in more with your emotions or managing things that were upsetting to you? Not really. Not really? No, but I'm sure it will be useful in other areas of life, besides the space camp area. I also have a hunch that whether you even realize it or not, that work impacted you, just in terms of the way that you know yourself better and have a better understanding of things that are tough for you and how you might work through them. Yeah. So, all right, here's another question from a listener. Can you ask Asher what strategy was most helpful to him or what support most got him through the week? Soft pretzels. Really? Soft pretzels are what got got you through the week? No, actually, it was more Kerbal Space Program. (laughs) Yeah, say more about that. I was thinking about doing Kerbal Space Program, doing real space stuff. (laughs) It did actually, now that you mentioned that, you were excited to create some new designs and do some more things in Kerbal Space Program after space camp. Yeah. I wanted to have a good space experience. Mm. But didn't you also learn some things that you wanted to try uh, exploring in Kerbal Space Program? No, actually. I said I didn't learn anything about space. Oh. Okay. It's quite a shame. I mean, it's called Space Camp. and they're... Well, and just for the record, 
this episode is not a diss on space camp at all. In general, we have friends who've gone and who've absolutely loved it. And I yeah, just don't don't go to space camp if you're really serious about space. Only go if you're like someone who's mildly interested. And make sure to get a good group. Don't get a group that's all mean. Well, or plays video games on their phones when you don't have one. So and I wouldn't say that even if you're really seriously interested in space, it's not worth it because it everybody's different, right? So everyone's going to experience this through their own lens and with their own expectations. And I think what we realized is that for you, it wasn't the best fit. And I think that was more of a cultural fit than anything else in terms of the culture of the organization not being... I single-handedly won trivia night out of the entire camp. (laughs) See, there you go. That was a positive experience. (laughs) Single-handedly. It was just like, um... Um, um, I don't, it's like, who did the first docking with the space station mirror? Um, I don't know. Um, um, that astronaut with the weird name, Hoot Gibson. And we look it up. It's Hoot Gibson. Yeah. (laughs) You have a lot of knowledge about space and that head of yours. I just guessed randomly. We got it right. That was the hardest question on the whole thing. (laughs) It's like, um, um, that guy with the weird name. Yes, it's him. That's yeah. funny. Okay, one more question specifically about space camp. So knowing what you know now, how would you have prepared differently for space camp? I would have prepared more for difficult people than challenging tasks. Mm-hmm. The tasks were all too easy and the people were all too hard. Hmm. Ash, that is such a great takeaway. Again, even though this wasn't the experience you wanted it to be, having that Awareness is so good. And I think that's a great thing for the future to think about. Okay, now we know that this is what really can trip me up. And how can we work on gaining some skills and strategies to help in these very specific situations? So I think that's great. Yeah. All right. So we're going to switch gears to talk about your second camp experience. And then I have a few general questions from listeners. So the second camp you went to was you want to tell listeners? It was eye-to-eye camp, and it was much better. Everyone there was incredibly nice. Well, actually, I was going to say one thing about the worst kid at space camp. Okay, which I may or may not keep in the episode. (laughs) Okay, okay. He was making fun of kids with ADHD. Mm. He had ADD, and he said that that ADHD was way worse. Don't get them mixed up. (laughs) And I'm like, they're the exact same thing. That is so interesting. And it makes me wonder where that comes from. Like, is that something he's heard? Or is that something? I think it's something he made up to feel better about his ADD. I bet you he thinks that stuff like that is negative. And so he should distance himself from it by making it seem like there are people who are more negative. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. And he made fun of me for having quote-unquote anger management problems he was a total idiot he was who makes fun of people for having anger management problems if you do you made someone angry that you don't want to be angry at you and if you're wrong then you're wrong And you've made someone angry. If you're wrong, then you seem stupider and you have someone angry at you. Well, my hunch is, Asher, as I've said, that 
that some people enjoy getting a big rise out of you because when you are upset, your reactions can be pretty big that some people find them entertaining, actually, because it's like, wow, that is quite a display of anger right there. So my hunch is that that's what was going on there, that he, for whatever reason, found your reaction interesting and was trying to provoke you to... The entire group unanimously hated him. Every single person. So that that bums me out for him. He I mean... to everyone. There was one day when he, when he was doing jinx, where two people say something... Yeah, and every time someone started a sentence, he would finish it and jinx them. And then he would never say their name. And as soon and it, if they tried to talk, he would yell at them for breaking the jinx. So can I ask you a question, Asher? Yeah. So this particular kid you're talking about is differently wired, correct? Yes. So do you think it's possible that as a differently wired person, this boy has some challenges relating to people on a social level? And that maybe the way he was manifesting that was by doing the things you're describing as being annoying. Everyone described them as being annoying. Right. But don't you think it's possible that that the way he was behaving was in reaction, a response to the way that he's wired and how he was coping with that situation of being at camp, of being among a group of kids he didn't know. Maybe he had his own kind of social anxieties coming up and he acted out in that way to cope. You think that's possible? Maybe. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) 
Well, you're aiming more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts. So I just want to throw that out there because... Sometimes the way that you, for example, might react could be really off-putting and or annoying to other kids. And they may not recognize or understand that the way that you're responding to something is a direct result of how you're wired and how you're coping. So I think it's just important to consider that we don't know what's going on for this kid. Just kind of give people a little bit of a break, too. I understand that he kind of made your time miserable, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, as a, you're right. I'm looking at everything with with bad colored glasses. <laughs> Everything's bad. Everything that's already bad is worse. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you you were pretty disappointed, so it's hard to kind of flip yeah. that. So expectations are risky. If you expect something, and it is, or it's better then it feels better than if you hadn't expected it. But if you expect something and it doesn't pay off, then it's worse than if you hadn't expected it. Yes, they are tricky. It's tough to manage them. One of the things I do is just kind of prep ahead of time and look at, you know, how I want to be no matter what happens. I usually try to expect as well as I can and risk it. Risk being disappointed? Yeah, because it pays off if you're right. If you're right. Which I was not. Not in this case. Let's talk about then the positive camp experience you had at Eye to Eye. And just for listeners, Eye to Eye. is by David Flink. He's awesome. Yeah. So David Flink, who's the founder of Eye to Eye National, which is a mentoring organization that pairs high school and college students with attention and learning issues with middle school kids with those same issues. So they run a week-long camp out of New York City And it's a day camp, so it was from 8 to 5 every day for a week. And it was such a great way to end our trip. And you want to tell us what the camp was like for you, Asher? Everyone was so incredibly nice. This is not an exaggeration. This happened to me. If you accidentally stepped in their foot, they would apologize for being in your way. And we just told a friend that story who's British, and she asked if everyone at the camp was British because she said that was a very British. And I way said to be. no, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what this camp was really—it was small. There are maybe fifteen campers, and there was like a three-to-one ratio campers to counselors. So there was a Unlike lot space camp where there was a 17 to one ratio. Right, right. It was a very different setup. And what was so great about eye to eye from my experience as a parent was that it really was set up to support kids and building confidence and building advocacy skills. I knew that you were going to be in an emotionally safe environment because it was all about 
the emotional and social well-being of kids just like you. So you were truly with your people. I mean, they were different people, but they... Yes. Yeah. And everyone had such positive attitudes and enthusiasm and yeah. excitement and... They welcomed you every morning like, hey, Asher, how was your night? And I just... And at the end of camp, they had a big party and everyone got those Hawaiian flower thingies. A lei? Yeah, yeah, those. Everyone got those. I had a green one. Mm-hmm. You still have it. Yeah. And they had our art projects and parents came in and they had made brownies and... Yeah. It was a super positive experience. I'm curious what that experience was like for you. A, did you have any expectations going into that camp? No, I didn't. I didn't want to risk it. Mm. Well, I did have one expectation. That wouldn't be as bad as space camp. Mm -hmm. And luckily that one paid off. And what was it like for you being in a group of kids who were wired differently? It was, I didn't really notice. It felt just like being with lots of kids of normal kids who were extra enthusiastic and mm-hmm. nice to me. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of energy in that group, I think. And you'd say you had ADHD and they'd be like, awesome, I do too. Give you a high five. How did that feel for you though? You haven't really been around many kids who have ADHD or that you knew of. It was nice. Everyone, se- everyone seemed more similar to me than they did at space camp. Although there are lots of differently wired kids at space camp too. I think what we realized is that, you know, this, and we can't compare the two camps because they're so different. But what I think we realize is one of our values for when we choose a camp for next year or camps for next year is really making sure that the core values of the camp are in alignment with our core values so that they really are focusing on the social and emotional well-being of their campers, right? Yeah. Because that's really important, in my opinion, is that you can feel safe and respected in that environment and not feel like you have to have your defenses up the whole time. Yeah. So I have a couple other listener questions, and then we're going to end the episode. So one listener wanted to know, what advice would you give your peers about going to their first sleepaway camp? Don't have too high expectations. Hmm. Have low expectations so that you can be pleasantly surprised. Okay. Don't like assume that everyone is going to is going to be incredibly nice and love you, and you're going to be great at all the activities. How did you kind of emotionally take care of yourself at camp? Like, how did you didn't have time? Well, I mean, you were able to call me. That probably helped. Yeah that that was the main thing. But some sleepaway camps, people can't call in. So maybe they would write in their write in a journal or something. Yeah, maybe write letters. You can write letters at some sleepaway camps. Okay. So any other advice if they had their first camp coming up? Hmm. I'm thinking of something really advisory, but I'm not sure what it is. You have to have an open mind. If you go into camp with the expectation that everything's going to suck, it will suck. But you just told us to go in with that expectation. No, I said to I said to go in with expectations not too high. Okay. Right. You don't want your expectation to be too high or too low. If they're too low, you'll have a negative attitude. And if they're too high, then you'll be disappointed. But it's more important for them to be too low. Just to recap, make sure that I understand what you're saying. 
you're saying it's better to have them be too low than too high. So if you have expectations, don't set them too high because you risk being disappointed. At the same time, you're saying you also want to have an open mind and go in with a positive mindset. Positive attitude. Attitude to make the most out of camp. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Another listener wants to know, did you make connections with anyone at camp, either of your camps that you plan to keep a relationship with moving forward? I didn't have anyone in particular at Ida camp. Everyone was super nice. Mm-hmm. It was hard to find one person who was extra nice. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, then at space camp, there was this one kid. Remember the really nice one who was mm-hmm. nice to everyone. Mm-hmm. I got his phone number, but I still haven't called him. Okay, but you would you would keep in touch with him. I would. Yeah. If I remembered when I had spare time. I would say, hey, uh, it's that guy at space camp, you know, I, I said I would call you last month. Sorry about that. <laughs> just just didn't have the time, I suppose. Well, he was so nice. He let you borrow his cell phone at night so you could call me. And I heard him say in the background, he's like, I'll let you borrow my phone even when you're back in Amsterdam. Yeah, he was really so nice. Yeah. So, all right. And last question that I have from a listener a listener says, congratulations, Asher, on successfully going to camp. I have a son who misses out on potentially super fun experiences because of anxiety. Do you have any advice for kids who may be scared or anxious of trying something new? Well, you know what Shakespeare said? What's that? He has a great quote that I like. Which is? Our doubts are traitors. They make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. Oh, I don't know that I've heard that quote before. Me either. I I mean, I read it once and it was really good, so I remembered it. Can you put it in layman's terms for our listeners? Basically, you'll never end up doing anything if you think it might go wrong. Because everything might go wrong. If you doubt everything, you'll never end up doing anything. Mm-hmm. So you need to you need to find the thing that has the best chance of working and try that. If it works, maybe try something else and just. I'm thinking of when before we went to space camp, we were sitting outside the hotel. First of all, that whole morning we went for a walk, and you were starting to get anxious. I know, I was. I was getting super anxious. We were sitting waiting for the Uber driver to pick us up, and your legs—I videotaped it. Your legs were jittery, bouncing all over the place, and you were like, oh, "I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous." But you did it. Like I had a time machine. I'd have warned myself not to bother. Okay, but you were experiencing a lot of anxiety that whole morning of. You weren't able to really eat. You were feeling super anxious. How did you push through that to actually get in the car and, and go? How did you cope with that? Well, you saw I rather go to space camp than not. Okay, so it was worth it. You, Yeah, I was like, I'd rather go to space camp than not. We came to the U.S. We paid for the camp. So you just committed to, you were, you're like, I've committed to this. I'm just doing it, even if it's hard. Yeah. Would you also say, I'm just thinking of kids who do have anxiety around this, that, you know, you can get through, as you did, you can get through things that are really uncomfortable and come out the other side, maybe even learning something about yourself. Yeah. Like, it was not an easy situation for you, but you got through it. Yeah. 
All right. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Again, just to reiterate, this is not, I don't want this episode to be an anti-space camp episode. This was just our sharing our experience of things that were not a good fit for who you are. And so, but we really just wanted to share what our experience was. We've certainly learned a lot from both of these camps and we will try more camps again next year and we'll see if we can find some more positive experiences uh, for you. That's kind of the plan. But uh, is there anything before we go that you wanted to add? No, not in particular. Well, as always, I want to thank you for opening up and sharing with us and with all the listeners, many of whom I know are kids like you. And so thanks for being so honest and open with us today. You're welcome. You've been listening to the Till Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including links to the different episodes and resources Asher and I discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 69. If you like what we're doing here at the podcast, please consider helping us cover some of the production costs associated with making a weekly podcast. It's fast, it's easy, and it's pain-free. And for as little as $2 a month, you can make a positive impact here at Tilt Central. To support us, visit patreon.com slash tiltparenting. And lastly, if you like what you heard on today's episode and you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or leaving a review. Both things help our podcast get more visibility. Thanks again for listening. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.